Konnichiwa. Good to be here this afternoon. I'll apologize for two things in advance. First of all, my voice is a little bit rough because I'm over a cold, but I have lost my voice. <clears throat> so if it has to, if it breaks up, I apologize to the interpreters and to you in the audience. The second thing I want to apologize is that this is a really broad topic, and what my slides and my talk are going to try to cover in 10 minutes is an element that I'm a very firm believer in when it comes to research commercialization is that people matter. And people matter because you have to have the right number of people in a tech transfer environment in order to have success. You have to have people who are uh, uh, properly skilled in their background, scientific uh, and, and, and exp work experience. And you have to have people who are passionate about doing this because it's probably one of the most frustrating jobs you could possibly be in. Uh, and you have to have people that are not only technically literate when it comes to engineering or, or uh, life sciences, but they actually have to be social and they have to be able to communicate with others. So when I'm going to jump around a little bit in this slide deck, what I hope you'll come away with is an agreement with me that people matter. So one of the things that we've seen is that in the last number of years when we're talking with, with directors of offices and the such is that there's been a lot of change in the mission of a tech transfer office in the United States and elsewhere around the world. Um, and that's resulted in a, in, a, in a lot of challenges when it comes to the HR element because the staff that might have suited the job 15 years ago might not necessarily be that good at adapting to the new environment. And at the same time, you've got a growing number of people who are coming out of their scientific training looking for new career paths, and they're not necessarily uh, as adept in the business side of the equation. At the same time, we're trying to explain to our faculty researchers that the world they live in has changed and that they have to play well with business. This makes it very difficult to fill out a job, uh, a, a, the qualification sections or the prerequisite section when you're posting an ad online because you don't necessarily know who you're, you're, you're going to get until you have a chance to see them. <clears throat> One of the challenges is that we used to do licenses, now we do entrepreneurship. And when we talk about what we do, we have to talk about what we measure because what we measure is what we're going to find out, is, is what we're going to have to report on in order to support the HR elements of our offices. But at the same time, these people can't be just measuring the outcomes of the entrepreneurship. They have to be able to tell the stories that are, that are coming along with it. And that's, again, a, a new part of the, uh, the office, is that people have to be effective communicators. <clears throat> so we used to do licenses, and we used to do a little bit of entrepreneurship. Now we're event planners. Uh, in some of the funding that I've received in my office from some different programs, the, the metric that the government wants us to count the most is the number of, of uh, uh, students that are participating in events. I mean, that's for a guy who's, who's trained in, in commercializing technology, that's not necessarily where I come from. And again, it's a change in the way that we do things and the stories that we have to tell. So we have to be looking for people who've got a diverse skill set. 
You know, we're helping our researchers do consulting. For some universities, the introduction of consulting is a new and scary uh, area. For others, it's just part of the daily routine. But again, when we're bringing in those, H, those, those potential tech transfer officers, they have to have that skill set that includes consulting. The days, I would suggest, of a technology licensing officer who merely evaluates, protects, and licenses technology are probably over, except for a very few universities. We do professional development. You've heard a lot about the Alliance of Technology Transfer Professionals and the work that we do in creating the registered technology transfer uh, professional and the, the, you know, the, there's the certified licensing professional and there's, there's some, some new certifications that are coming on stream in Europe shortly. So we have to be able to tell the story to, under, to our, our bosses as to why it's important that these people who are doing event planning and helping with consultancy are now taking courses and having to write exams. Some of the licensing offices are now augmenting as they do at my university, University of Ottawa, how they're having to augment the licensing revenue with contract research in order to bring a new uh, a result to the equation. So now, for those people who used to be doing just licensing and protecting, they're now having to say, what might the outcome be for an invention disclosure? It could, in fact, be a contract with a company in order to help move that technology along. Again, this is starting to create a picture of somebody who cannot be inside the box in any way, shape, or form. They have to be actively participating outside the box. Collaborative research is the same. <clears throat> but we still do licenses. We can't forget that, and that's part of the problem, is that we can't eliminate that skill set from that, that optimal uh, job posting that goes up on the web because we need somebody who can still negotiate a license. We need to have all those skills. And the same thing with companies. We're doing more companies than we ever have before, so we have to have that skill. So the measures of what we're doing are going to drive the people that we have coming into the office because whereas we used to might have four or five people who could do a whole host of these various things together, now you might have one or two people who are required to do all of them and the metrics are getting harder and harder. But remember, it takes people. This is a graph that shows the number of full-time equivalents in licensing professionals and licensing support officers in the United States between 1993 and 2013. This exactly corresponds with the curve that shows the growth in research at universities in that same time frame, the number of invention disclosures at universities in the same time frame, and the number of licenses at universities in the same time frame. It takes people to do all these things, but we have to have the right people. And don't forget the timing. You know, we get a lot of young people that come into the office now and they say, I want to learn how to do this, I want to do a startup company, I want to do the licenses, I want to do it all, and I need to do it in three years because I want to move on to something else. Managing millennials is something that we're going to have to work with because for a lot of our technologies, if that technology comes in the door on the first day that Jane Doe starts working in your office, that might not yield revenue until 10 years later. So we have to be patient with these people. We have to help them understand. So when we're marketing the TTO to our, uh, uh, to our stakeholders, we have to do all of these things for helping enhance an understanding of what these new uh, uh, workers are doing when they're out on campus. We have to market the TTO because these, these individuals are out there developing business. Again, we're looking for them to have that skill set.
and the world is changing. You know, what I call the old time TTO has got, uh, TLO is meant to be reactionary, as linear processes, and there's a whole host of rather archaic uh, ways of doing business. And the newfangled in innovation office, which most offices are being transformed into, has to do a lot more and it has to be very proactive. So again, the people that you're looking to are not gonna be people who sit back and react. They have to be people who are out there doing. So when I say to a lot of people who ask if they want to be doing things like MIT or Stanford, yeah, you can if you focus on the right things and you try to be very diligent in making it understand that you're not doing this about the money, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're in there to benefit society through the moving the research out. And that's why when we talk about the golden circle of what it is what we do when we interview these people, when they come into our office and they say, I want to move technologies through your office and make a lot of money, I say that's not what we do. What we do in technology transfer is we think from the inside out and we work our way out from the why. Why do we do this? Because we want to see research in the hands of people who can do good things with it. We want to see that people can benefit and have their lives enhanced by the results of the research that's done in our universities. And we want to do that by having a proactive system of marketing that technology and getting it out there into the community. And what we do, we might make a little bit of money, but we're going to get it into the hands of the right people. And if we start with the why, we're always going to have the right people. So when you're talking to people about taking on these jobs, start with the why, not with the what. For tech transfer, it's just the same thing. So tech transfer is really focused on the what, and we need to change that, we need to hire, we need to train people to get them to understand the new thing. Branding is one way to do it, and we can do that by changing the way that we have the entire office look, but if we just change the brands, and we don't change the way people are doing their jobs, and we don't train them to do things in the new reality, it's gonna be a real challenge. So there's a, and there are more challenges when you're trying to do a branding, and it's, it's easier to do a branding exercise wrong than it is to do it right. <clears throat> there's just a couple of points, and you can see there's some great examples of the way offices are proactively moving out there and getting their people have the backing of the office, so that when they're telling these new stories about what they can do, they've got the support of the university. But we have to use the old methods too, and I think when we talk about millennials and we talk about getting in touch with folks, we have to think about going out and talking to them. We have to have people who've got a skill set where they feel comfortable talking to people in person, they feel comfortable about picking up the phone, not texting, not sending an email, but actually going and talking to people about what their research can be, because that's the only way you're going to find out. So when we appeal to people's humanity, we, they're, they're going to love it. They're always going to like to hear how they can save the world. We can appeal to their egos because when, when you understand how people work, you can, uh, you can get great things from people by making them understand what a contribution they can make. And our, our staff need to be able to do this. But they have to be patient. Again, going back to that timing point, just as people are important, understanding the timeline is very important as well. What can you expect? You're going to see lots of changes. You're going to see a lot of things happening new over the next little while. And there may be fantastic results, but there's going to be a lot of hard work. And you have to have people that have got the patience to participate. Now, can anybody do what we do? Can anybody walk in off of, out of a lab and do what they say? And I say, you know, when I look at it, 
to me, it's a, it's, you have to have somebody who's got an understanding of what research is like in an academic environment. They have to have a passion and an understanding for science and a capacity to understand science. They have to know how business works and what a transaction looks like. And yeah, they have to know a little bit about, a little bit about intellectual property because it comes up so often. But the number one thing that I always say about good hires in tech transfer is that they have to play well with others. Because if they can't get along with the people they work with, and they can't get along with the, the researchers that they're, they're trying to serve, and they can't get along with the customers in the companies, they're not going to do any deals, and they might as well go to do something else. Professional development is key. I'm just as a plug, we always have to remember to keep training. Lifelong learning is an important element of this. We see this, and this is a sideways slide, around the RTTP designation and moving that is, provides a pathway for getting things done. It doesn't mean you're on your side when you do it, but, and ultimately, you know, we're gonna see some metrics are inevitable. Things are gonna be confusing and it's gonna be challenging for people to understand what it is that we're doing. But above all, we have to hire, train and sustain people to be professionals. Thanks very much.